This is John Gramstrand, and I'm a certified energy specialist for CHS Ag Services in Stephen, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Sierra Doctor. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman as well. We begin with Harvest Hotline brought to you by the North Dakota Mill. Amity Technology, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Burley County Ag and Natural Resources Extension agent Tyler uh, Kralichek says farmers and ranchers have been working to prepare for this snowfall. You know, it's just talking with a few guys, it's anywhere from four to eight inches. Um, just kind of depends on, on where they're at and just kind of what their gauge is. Um, you know, a lot of guys have brought their cattle closer to home here in the last couple of weeks, which is pretty, pretty traditional. Um, you know, a lot of these contracts, it seems like, are, you know, 1st of October, middle of October. Um, so if nothing else, they're at least closer to home, if not right there in the yard. But uh, I do know a couple guys that were kicking out some hay into some of these different pastures uh, to make sure that those cows are supplemented plenty enough uh, just to get through these next couple of days until the snow is gone. And harvest has progressed immensely over the past two weeks. Yields mostly above average. Uh, did some uh, different surveys with sunflowers. And uh, I know some that were pretty close to the interstate that, uh, you know, they looked really good driving by. And we got in there and, you know, we uh, projected them at, you know, upper, the upper uh, 2,000 pounds per acre. And, uh, you know, as long as the blackbirds didn't get to them too hard, they should have done extremely good. And, I mean, I didn't see anything under 1,000. So um, that's really good. Soybeans did really well uh, this year. I don't think there was any that were, you know, in that 70 range in Burley County. Not saying there weren't some pockets that might have had that. Um, but, yeah, everything looked like it was at least, you know, a 25 to, to 40 range right in that area, which is, you know, more than acceptable. Wet weather will continue to slow the harvest pace through Sunday across much of the Midwest. But good progress is expected when drier weather returns next week. World Weather Incorporated says nearly all of the winter wheat areas should receive enough moisture for the crop to be well established. High temperatures for the northern plains are expected to be mostly in the teens and 20s through Sunday, warming to the 30s and 40s by Thursday. The El Nino pattern will have an impact across the U.S. plains. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey expects to see warmer than normal temperatures this winter. For temperatures, a lot of the country tends to be quite mild, quite warm during El Nino winters. That is especially true across the northern half of the United States, extending all the way from parts of California and the Pacific Northwest through the northern plains, the Midwest, the Great Lakes states, and the Northeast. So we are expecting mild weather. That doesn't mean every single day during the winter is going to be warm, but if you average the 90-plus days of winter, we do expect to see above-normal temperatures, particularly in the northern U.S. Rippey says precipitation will be less than what we expected during the normal winter months. With that weakened northern or polar jet stream, oftentimes we see drier-than-normal conditions extending across parts of the northern United States. Typically, that is most likely to happen across the northern Rockies and northern plains, as well as the Great Lakes region. That can translate into to less than normal snowfall in many cases. And then with the hyperactive southern or subtropical jet stream enhanced by El Nino, oftentimes we see a very active storm track across the south. This year, this winter, we're expecting that above normal precipitation pattern to extend from California eastward through the Four Corners region, the central and southern Great Plains, and that's Harvest Hotline brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, the North Dakota Mill, and Amity Technology.
Much of Brazil will continue to see a gradual increase in rainfall over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says soaking rains will not occur regularly and increases in soil moisture will be gradual. Heavy rains are expected in Paraguay and southern Brazil, with nearly all of Brazil will receive some rain. Widespread rains will fall across Argentina through next week, Friday. Thursday's USDA export sales report were massive for the corn market. However, Paradigm Futures market analyst Kent Beadle says traders didn't pay much attention to those sales figures. I think some carryover uh, from what was, I think, a, a pretty doggone good export sales report yesterday in both corn and soybeans. Um, you know, the, the soybean sales were, were routine and, and about what it would be expected at this time of the year, but the corn sales were quite a bit higher. And we didn't seem to want to trade them yesterday because we were trading, uh, you know, outside markets and just, uh, you know, we've just been... We've just had a tough week, and we've had a, quite a bit of spec liquidation. And Beetle thinks traders are trading those export sales reports today. Uh, I think today, uh, going into the end of the week, we kind of look back at those at those good export sales. We seem to want to trade those a little bit today. Uh, we've, you know, I would note that uh, basis levels in the country in both corn and beans have improved this week, um, and. Uh, Again, most of the demand estimates this week have been, you know, have been pretty good with uh, not just export sales, but then uh, uh, a good ethanol number in corn as well. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo says the wheat market is on the drag on the grains. And the trade just can't get away from the Black Sea issues, it seems, and the lack of premium in the crude oil. So corn's up about a penny and a half on soft red wheat down seven, spring wheat down about six. Hard red wheat down about 13, making fresh two-and-a-half-year lows in that hard red wheat or thereabouts. Beans and meal, however, are the green side of the screen. We've got meal up 4.1%. 4. That's going to be up uh, almost $18 a ton at uh, just around $447 a ton. That'd be a new monthly high. And supportive supply and demand numbers are giving the cattle market a second wind. Support of supply-demand fundamentals of the cold storage report and the weekly export sales for beef, they're giving the market a second wind. They're, they're taking the attention off of the uh, cattle on feed report a week ago today. We've also got a hog market that's challenging last week's highs and an equities market that seems to be wanting to find some uh, short covering. And so we've got a, a cash market that's got good support in cattle at around 183. All these things are wrapping up into a pretty strong short covering rally. Weekly grain car backlog report supplied by North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer's office showing the number of unfilled BNSF orders for the week ending October 20th that are 1 to 10 days past due, totaling 726 car orders. That's up from 532 the previous week. This is the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News here on the Red River Farm Network. Well, weather certainly didn't stop the AgriWomen's Harvest of Knowledge Conference from going forward today in Grand Forks. A panel discussion titled What's Happening in the Market started things off this morning. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has this report. Elaine Cub, author of Mastering the Grain Markets. So on the panel here today, you discussed uh, risk premium and what's the importance of, of understanding that and you know what that means in, in June and July when people are, are thinking about selling grain and, and trying to make a plan? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the tough thing at this time of year is harvest time. You always tend to get sort of a low, or not not every year. I mean, you have a short harvest. Those can be some kind of hot harvest time frames. But this harvest time frame, particularly this year, seems rough to folks, particularly compared to last year's prices. So the thing to remember, or sort of reassure ourselves, is that these grain markets do have seasonal behaviors, and they do you know reflect higher prices in the time of year when the, when the crop itself is at the most risk. So springtime is usually a good time to be looking at selling some grain. June time frame middle of June when the when the corn uh, itself is facing the most risk. That's when a lot of buyers get in there and are worried about the, the upcoming crop. And I don't want people to interpret this as an excuse not to do anything today or just to shut everything down until next June. But certainly long term, that's the sort of plan that makes sense is to think of the seasonality of the grain markets that tend to be a low at harvest and higher in the spring. Also talk to grain storage a little bit and maybe something that's a little bit different to factor in here right now. So how do how do interest rates impact grain storage and that decision? Yeah, it's something that folks haven't had to worry about as much in the past couple of years. Um, and not just for the storage decision, but for everything, for paying the operating note also. You know, interest rates have not been as burdensome as they are today now that, you know, the underlying interest has gone up five and a half percent since it was about a year ago at this time. So this means if you're going to start delaying your uh, taking in cash from the grain, if you're going to put it in the bin and, and save it for the next few months and carry it through through the next few months, you're delaying the opportunity to pay off your operating note or you're delaying the opportunity to earn interest on that cash that you would otherwise be receiving. So that needs to be factored into your carrying decisions as well in a way that we just didn't have to worry about before. That carry decision does become a little bit more complex in a financial sense. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us here today. Again, Elaine Cub joining us here at the AgriWomen's Harvest of Knowledge Conference in Grand Forks for the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. Van Onen Company market analyst Christy Van Onen, one of the market panelists at the Women's uh, AgriWomen's Women's Conference. Van Onen says farmers have a couple of options to prepare for high input costs. Yeah, one of the conversations I've had quite a bit is that inputs are going to be lower, should be lower this year compared to last, especially when you're looking at fertilizer prices. So I have quite a few guys, uh, or farmers I should say, that are coming in here and locking up some inputs, and you're looking at the price of grain and you're saying it's not as good as it has been. And I think what you need to be looking at is saying, at today's price, are we profitable with the inputs that we have? And if that's a yes, I think it's okay to be doing some marketing here and chipping away or setting some tolls, some some like targets and not shooting for the moon on price action. So really they go together hand in hand. And Van On recommends doing something when prices are profitable. Diversification of your, your sales is so important, right? Because we don't know if it's going higher. We don't know if it's going lower. If anyone does, they're not being truthful, right? These markets are fluid. So setting targets and chipping away at your sales is so key to the market because you can kind of build into that marketing plan. You can build into your cash sales and get a well-rounded representation of what the market did throughout the year. Now, if you're really, really happy with the price, great. Do a lot more. If you're not so happy with price, but you know you need to be doing something, make it a little bit smaller. They don't have to be the same every time, and they can really change throughout the season. Stockman's Livestock Exchange co-owner John Fisher says in the Dickinson area, there's been a decent push for new crop calves before the snow system came through. Oh, we're right in the heart of it right now. Uh, we're selling about 3,500 to 4,000 calves on our Tuesday sale, and between 45 and 5,000 on our Thursday sale right now. Uh, we did have to cancel off one of our sales here on the 26th, so uh, that might back us up a little bit, but we did a pretty good job of absorbing them into the next uh, three weeks here, so that would be a pretty good push from here on out. 
And Fisher says prices have still been good despite a bearish cattle on feed report. And don't forget, you can find out more about Red River Farm Network radio affiliates. Listen to this broadcast, podcast, and more on your phone. Bookmark rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Ann Bailey. And what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week? My cover is about the Harvey, North Dakota FFA and Agricultural Education Program, which is known across the state and region as one of the top programs in the state. They not only have a lot of active members, they have a long tradition of FFA that started with some of their grandparents. And the kids today feel inspired to continue that tradition by being excellent. And that kind of all starts, too. They've got a, a real strong alumni program, I think, too, and that kind of keeps that perpetual motion going, doesn't it? Yes, they've. the alumni actually come to the school board and say, you know what, you can use money for this. Can we donate? And, of course, they're very happy to say yes. That makes that Harvey area kind of unique, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, the new superintendent, Robbie Lukens, has a history in agriculture, and he said growing up in Northwood, North Dakota, he knew about Harvey and that as a professional, he has not had the same experience at other schools where the board comes to him and asks how they can help. Yeah, they're certainly a role model and something to be proud of for all of North Dakota. Yes, they're uh, very impressive young people and very dedicated ag teachers. They have one full-time and one part-time and a beautiful shop and greenhouse. Oh, and sounds interesting. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. And let's catch up with uh, markets before we leave you this afternoon. December wheat in Minneapolis is down four and a quarter cents, seven twenty. Chicago December wheat down three and a half. Kansas City December wheat down eleven and three quarters. December corn. That's two cents higher, 481 and a quarter. March corn's up two and a half at 495 and three quarters. November soybeans, 16 and a half higher at 1296. January soybeans, 18 cents higher at 1318 and a quarter. In Winnipeg, November canola, $20.30 a metric ton higher, 687.20 Canadian. December live cattle, that is $2.87 higher. November feeders are up 22 cents. December lean hogs, $1.77 higher. This is the Red River Farm Network.